I'm Libby Rothschild, former clinical dietitian who transformed into a full-time virtual business owner. It was only one year ago when I made $55,000 a year in my clinical job. And now I make $100,000 a month being my own boss. And you can do this too. My clients, who are all female dietitians and students, started from zero and created six-figure, multi-six-figure businesses by following my proven method. And they've all been guests on air. My proven method shows you how to attract cash paying clients using social media marketing strategies that work. You don't have to guess, waste time, or hold yourself back when you follow my step-by-step method. I'm here today with Marie Ferguson, the Director of Dietitian Connection, an online community and continuing education hub for dietitians all around the world. You can subscribe to their free newsletter, which includes free webinars and continuing education credits at dietitianconnection.com and follow them on Instagram. Marie was previously the Director of Nutrition and Dietetics at the Princess Alexandra Hospital in Brisbane, Australia. Prior to this, Marie was a Senior Research Scientist at Abbott Nutrition in the United States. Marie and colleagues developed the malnutrition screening tool to identify patients at risk of malnutrition on hospital admission. Her innovative malnutrition screening tool, MST, has been implemented in hundreds of hospitals worldwide. Welcome back to today's episode, Marie. Thanks so much for having me, Libby. Looking forward to chatting with you. I'm thrilled to have you back and just always a pleasure to chat with you and share your message and journey with the listeners. So I'm really, really excited to dive in. So let's get started then. Is there anything from that bio that you think I was missing that you want to share with the listeners before we we kick off and have a conversation to add value to them? No, I guess just for your US audience listeners that, you know, I lived in the US for eight years, so I feel like I'm kind of a honorary American citizen. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah, just great to be chatting with you and uh, reconnecting. Always love chatting with the uh, US RDs as well. Yeah. And uh, Marie and I have connected at Fancy. And then also for those of you listening, I've mentioned before that Marie and I, Marie is my business coach for quite a while, which is really nice, helping me contribute to how I can better serve dietitians around the world and learn from her expertise. So I'm excited to share with you today some topics about growing your online business. And Marie and I are actually doing a webinar together. So I want to make sure for all of you listening today that you check the show notes and make sure that you sign up for that webinar that we're going to be doing together at the end of July. And I'll have all that information in the show notes so that you can sign up and attend. So Marie, if you could talk a little bit about ways to grow your business and what you've seen in your experience, dietitians can really dive in and grow their business faster or what kind of, what things do you think we're missing or we need to really focus on? So I think the great thing is there's so many opportunities these days. So when I graduated, which is actually 25 years ago this month, you know, the internet didn't exist. So I think with the website now, you know, it's no longer just your local community. You can actually reach a global community like you have, Libby. So say the world is your oyster, really. There's so many opportunities that the internet allows dietitians to grow a business online. So I think the easiest way to get started is maybe affiliate programs. So connecting with other dietitians who are already in business and, you know, seeing if you can become an affiliate for them, that's an easy way to just start making some small passive income. And then things like, you know, what are your skills as a dietitian? Often we're really good at writing or you can develop recipes. 
we're great at taking food images like we see it all over Instagram. So can we freelance and, you know, get work again? It might be from other dietitians or it could be from food companies, but there's lots of places like Upwork that you can go and look for jobs that have strengths in and have skills in. So those are a couple of quick, easy ways to get started. And then when it comes to like courses, eBooks, telehealth, coaching, all those types of things, what do you see are, are opportunities, maybe untapped opportunities? Do you think the, the, the barrier as to why dietitians are not immersed enough in these opportunities? Why do you think that is? I think there's a couple of reasons why, mainly it's our mindset. So for so long, you know, this hasn't been an avenue for dietitians and you're certainly paving the way for dietitians to move into this space, Libby. But, you know, I just think a lot of it is our mindset and thinking about outside of the box really so you know we tend to do with the traditional pathways there's so many more opportunities out there yeah and I, I think that's huge uh, really there's nothing holding us back except ourselves and when mm-hmm. we engage in conversations like this and see the opportunities mm-hmm. and know that it's possible on a global level that can empower mm-hmm. us to take action towards whether you're doing affiliate marketing or I love that working for another dietitian that's a, that's mm-hmm. great I've hired several dietitians to help me I think that's a, a great way to get get started and get your foot in the door and then build up to other avenues and learn what you like doing. Um, But you got to take those first steps, however small they might feel. That's right. And I think it is just starting small. So a lot of times we, it all seems so scary and overwhelming and, and we just don't start. So you just literally have to make that first step. Like I can remember back to when I started Dietitian Connection and I never actually thought it would go anywhere, but you just take that first step and that first step then becomes, you know, 10 steps, 20 steps, 100 steps and eight, 10 years later, you've gone from here to here. Incredible. And I think another thing us dietitians and females struggle with is celebrating the journey on the way and feeling Mm -hmm. like we're, you know, embracing how far we've come because we can often Mm -hmm. be pretty critical on ourselves as most of us identify as perfectionists. So I do see that as well with my clients that they Mm. are seeing the glass half empty sometimes. And I have to remind them of how far they've come, which is why I implement weekly wins and celebrating and all those types of things. And they're hard for me as well to do because Mm. I also look at, I try to get too far ahead too fast. So I want to reiterate how important that is. Yeah. And I keep hearing a quote recently that we overestimate what we can do in a year, but we underestimate what we can do like in 10 years. So Yeah it's definitely important to look back and see where you've come from and how far you've come. Incredible. And with that, Marie, would you be able to tell your story? I love the story about what inspired you to create Dietitian Connection. I believe it was a fancy talk from a famous author. Would you be able to, to share how your mindset sure. strengthened from the dietetic community? Sure. So yeah, I love coming back to Fincy every year. Unfortunately, I don't think I'm going to get to make it this year because of everything that's going on. But this particular year, I believe it was in San Diego and it was with Jack Canfield who wrote the chicken soup for the soul books. And he also wrote a great book called principles for success, which if you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. And he was, I'd never really thought that I would actually start my own business, but sitting there that day, I was kind of just about to turn 40, a bit of a midlife crisis. And, you know, he said, if you write your goals down, more likely to happen. And it's so true. And so that day I wrote down, yes, to start my own business dietitian. Well, I didn't know the name at that point, but yeah, that's where it was born. I love that. And and I love that you've created this global brand and you did it inspired by a fancy talk. I think that's the coolest story. Mm-hmm. And obviously he's, I read that book. I think you told me to read that book. The seven mm-hmm. principles is really good. Yeah. 
Yeah, really motivating. Sounds like they had a good speaker that year at Penn State. They did. They did. <laughs> That's important too. And so when it does come to what dietitians are failing at or what you've seen, and I know you work with a myriad of different types of dietitians, all the way from students to new dietitians to those who are seasoned in practice, clinicians in private practice, owners from around the world. So it's you know great to have this conversation since you work with so many different types of dietitians. What would you say for those that are trying to or have grown their own business, what are the top mistakes as far as why they're not reaching the goals that they maybe ideally have written out for themselves? I think as we just talked about mindset's probably number one. But apart from that, the biggest thing I see is people not looking at their finances, not looking at their numbers. Like if you, we're no longer, if you start your own business, you're no longer just a dietitian, you're a business owner. So you have to know the numbers and you have to know the finances. So I think you and I even talked about one point, you know, knowing what your goal was in terms of finances and then working backwards and people just don't understand the basics. So having a budget, having their expenses and then forecasting what their income is and knowing that you've got a profit first is a really great book. So not knowing that you have to allow for profit in there as well. Otherwise it just becomes another job really. It's actually not a business. So number one is finances and People resist looking at their finances, but as soon as I can get them to finally look at their numbers, you just see transformational growth. I think another one is knowing our worth as dietitians. So we often really undervalue what we bring to the table and what we can offer and undersell ourselves and, you know, have lower fees than we should. So definitely knowing our worth and our value and putting the right price on that. But that also means helping yourself first. So you have to if you think about money, you have to be able to bring in enough money to pay yourself to then be able to help others. You know, we're all about helping other people, but we have to have enough money, which means making sure we've got the business side of things in check so that we can actually then help others. So not being afraid of needing a certain level of money in order to survive really, and then to be able to assist your audience. I think not spending enough time on the business. So often we're spending a lot of time in the business with the daily activities, but we need to also allow that time for creativity and thinking about things for the future, spending time on that finance side of things. So allowing enough time to work on the business and not in the business. There's quite a few, few things that I see Libby that people I think could do better in. So the other one I would say is not often I see dietitians not willing to invest in themselves. So especially if they're worried about money, they're trying to hold on to it and not spend any money, but you actually have to spend money to make money. So investing in themselves and their business. So a wise person once said to me, you know, to definitely pay the largest amount possible that you can for an accountant and a lawyer, for example, and a business coach. So those would be my top three to help you succeed in business. So you, you have to invest in yourself and your business in order to succeed. And I think, I know you do this lobby, you invest in yourself and your business. And I think that has definitely shown, you know, success and growth for you that, and you're not reinventing the wheel, then you're actually relying on people who have been there and done it before. Absolutely. And I know you're a big proponent of this, but I think the other major error that we make as dietitians is thinking that we need to be everything for everyone. So we tend to avoid niching down because we think we're going to miss some clients and we're going to miss some money. And that's particularly hard when you're first starting because you really just want to take anyone to get your, to get some money into your business. But niching, as you know, Libby, is you're going to be more successful. 
if you do that than if you don't. So I'm sure you can talk about niching better than I can. No, I think you, you said it very well. And I would possibly lump the niche conversation with the mindset as well, because mm-hmm. I feel like if you are willing to give it a try, and that goes back to mindset, you will see that that strategy will, will really work well for you and, and, and those mm-hmm. of you serve. So the dietitians I work with that are more growth mindset oriented and willing to give that a shot, even if they might end up evolving their niche a little bit, they are more successful. Mm-hmm. So I think it goes full circle to what you said at the top of this is that it's everything is rooted in mindset um, and really allowing ourselves, you know, the growth mindset and these opportunities to happen and learning that it is mm-hmm. possible and dietitians around the world are doing it. New dietitians, students, dietitians who have been in practice for a while, dietitians who are having to switch from brick and mortar to virtual, like the, you know, different types of dietitians and different niches are doing this. Mm-hmm. And it's important to, to set that precedent so that we know as a field that we can do it too. I think people are scared to, to decide which niche they're going to start with first as well. And you, you don't have to stay with that forever. Now, Murray, when you're mentioning these great tips for dietitians in practice, would you say there are specific tips that are more important for the newbie versus somebody who might be more seasoned? For example, somebody who's starting her virtual practice versus a dietitian who's already in private practice who might be trying to scale or grow or hire associates, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So I think definitely starting with the mindset first. So, you know, particularly if you're a student or a new graduate, you're often told that you have to sort of go in those traditional career pathways. For some like myself, I actually never wanted to work as a clinical dietitian. So, you know, having the courage to just step out and do something different. I think like we talked about just starting. So putting one foot in the front of the other and just starting somewhere, you know, makes a big difference. And just doing a good job at whatever you do. So, Well, what about social media, Marie? Yeah, social media, most definitely. So obviously, I think following other dietitians and learning from what they're doing and looking at the ones who are successful and trying to copy them but not do exactly the same thing but again you don't have to reinvent the wheel but knowing what your niche is and knowing where that audience hangs out so you know if they are on Instagram or Facebook then great but you know you may find that your audience doesn't actually sit on social media so actually knowing who your audience is and where they hang out I think is important as well because sometimes it might be better to reach them offline so for example if you're in private practice you know you're going to have to work with specialists and doctors and so you can, oftentimes you're going to actually be connecting with them offline not on social media but I think another great way to get started as a young dietitian is to collaborate with people as well so I know you're really good at that as well Libby but collaborating with like-minded fellow whether it be dietitians or non-dietitians who have a similar audience of, of who you're trying to reach that can actually help you grow as a business and particularly on social media faster yeah. That's how I first grew. I did a lot of collaborations to help with visibility and um, it got more, I think, clear with time, but it was a good way for me to, you know, build community. And I, I think that's, and back when I did that a year or so ago, we didn't, Instagram didn't even have stories yet. So I would find new and innovative ways to collaborate the best way I knew how using Instagram. And so I think there are a lot of different ways you can do it as long as you have a strong mindset and you put yourself out there. Speaking of all of this networking and collaboration and whatnot. Now, a lot of the listeners might identify as an introvert and the idea of networking can feel intimidating. And I know you've written articles and talked about this before. I know we've had conversations about this. For the dietitian listening who identifies as an introvert, how would you suggest that she grows her business if she's feeling a little bit intimidated about Mm -hmm. the process? 
Yeah. And so I'm definitely an introvert to the very extreme. So I think you can still be very successful in using it, an introvert approach. So again, I would go back to just doing a great job at whatever you do, and then you start to get noticed. So that word of mouth, but collaborations, again, I think is an easy way to do it. So working with people, you know, whether it's just DMing them on Instagram or sending them an email, or if you meet them at a conference, so trying to collaborate one-on-one as introverts we're really good at one-on-one versus presenting to a group perhaps so I think LinkedIn is a great way to do that I think LinkedIn's very untapped so I'll often if I'm trying to connect with someone or in a particular area you can you know do lots of searches on LinkedIn and connect with them and then you can create those conversations online and take them to offline later so yeah there are a couple of ways sort of online, I guess, but taking it offline as well. Yeah. But there's also events. I don't know if you want to talk about that. Yeah. I'd love, I think events, I mean, even though right now that might not be. Yeah. Not as applicable. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think it's helpful to talk about for when that. I I think that's the most overwhelming part as an introvert is, is events. And you kind of go, you know, it's just overwhelming to have so many people in a room. So I usually have a couple of tips either at different stages. So before the event, at the event and after the event. So before the event, I make sure I sort of scan if I've got access to a list of who might be going. So at Fincy, there's often, you know, Facebook groups that say who's going. So just try to find where you can find out about who's going and try to connect with people ahead of time. So oftentimes I'll again, message people and say, you know, I'm going to be at Fincy. I see you're going to be there. Can we catch up for a coffee or a quick chat? So trying to connect with people that you want to connect with, but organizing it ahead of time. And then not trying to be too, in the beginning, I think I was, you know, you have high expectations of yourself at events and as an introvert, then you kind of come away feeling disappointed that you didn't achieve what your goals were. So I think reframing your mindset again, just to just have one goal, have one small goal, whether it's talking to the person next to you in the opening session or speaking to an exhibitor, just having one small goal of what you want to achieve at an event like Fincy as an example. And then you're more likely to succeed. And again, I think you have to know you're going to get asked about yourself. So you've got to kind of have your elevator speech ready to go. And then I think focusing, oftentimes it's easier just to focus on the other person. So introverts are really good at asking questions and listening. So you, you can, you know, have some prepared questions that you can ask people that you might meet I find doing a lot of the preparation beforehand can make the event go much more smoother and you're going to get more outcomes as a result. I would say even if you're not an introvert, those are great tips. <laughs> yeah. And then at the event for an introvert, I say arrive early because when you arrive early, you are more likely to be able to get introduced to someone as opposed to when you arrive late and the room's already full and then you've got to actually go up to a group of people. As an example, it's so much harder. So arrive early and I guess be that person that makes other people feel comfortable. So I I often find that I'm the one actually, you know, if I see someone by themselves, I'm the one trying to, you know, bring them into the group. So trying to be that kind person um, and connect to other people, I think takes the focus off yourself. And they're just making sure that you obviously exchange contact details. If there's someone that you've connected with and you want to follow up with them. And then I think it's about what you do after the event as well. So you know, connecting with them on LinkedIn or making sure you follow up with them to say it was great to meet them. And, you know, there might be something you can send them that's going to be useful for them, but it's just about 
in terms of growing your network for the long term, it's about keeping in touch with those people. So for example, I know there's a lot going on in the US at the moment and I'm just reaching out to people that are in my network in the US and just seeing how they're going. And, you know, it's just about staying in touch and and caring about people and that will serve you well in the future. Those are great tips. Really helpful. Great ways to to make more out the most out of the event. So thank you for sharing that. As far as dietitians, when it comes to young dietitians and students, since I have a lot of those in my audience, special place in my heart for students and young dietitians, meaning, you know, those who are newer in the field, how can they grow their business now and not wait? And I know you're going to say mindset. So maybe what I need to do is ask you to break down what you mean by mindset specifically at that stage, because they're, like you said, the whole niche thing comes up a little bit more for new dietitians, et cetera. What would you say best tips for that specific population or, or, you know, journey of their career? Yeah, I think it's definitely mindset and definitely just, I think being, again, I'll go back to network. They say that your net worth is your net equals your network. So, you know, you're the combination of the five people that you spend the most time with. So getting yourself in a network of other like-minded younger dietitians, but also more seasoned dietitians. And I think being, if you want to get into the business world, you need to be, you need to be in that world. So if you're spending time with other people that aren't in business, that's not going to help you grow in business. And I think part of that is investing in a mentor and a coach as well, which I know you're a big proponent of Libby. So again, I would say, you know, learning from someone who's done it before, that's a few steps ahead of you will make a big difference. And it's just getting started. So I think as we talked about, people are just scared to take that first leap. Yeah. And uh, for those that are scared to take that first leap, I know you've already recommended that book by Jack Canfield. Is there anything else? Um, it's, it could be as simple as following people that inspire you on social media, engaging with those people, similar to how you reach out to you know, people that you connect with around the globe during difficult times as a way to have touch points and build your network. Are there things like actionable steps like that that you would suggest for the newer dietitians? I think writing it down, as we talked about. So writing it down, it's more likely to happen. And I think telling other people about it. So you need to be held accountable. And that's where a coach or a mentor can often help. So you can't just sort of have this lofty, what do they say? It's a, it can be a dream, but you've actually got to put actionable steps into place to to make it real so yeah having people to keep you accountable I think is really important and just there's so much free information out there so listening to podcasts and reading and the moment in particular there's so many courses and webinars that are free so I would say you know just spend a lot of time investing in learning as well incredible thank you Marie And uh, just as a reminder for everybody, Marie and I are doing a webinar together called Three Things You Need to Do to Attract Clients Online. That will be on July 1st at 7 p.m. So I hope that you all can register, go ahead and go to the show notes and sign up. And we look forward to seeing you there. We'll be sharing more tips and tricks and having some opportunity for questions and answers. Um, So I look forward to seeing you on the webinar. And any other final words that you want to leave us with, Marie? No, I think... um... Yeah, looking for places where you can learn. So you offer so much, Libby, within your organisation with the podcasts and whatnot. Also on Dietitian Connection, we do have lots of different free opportunities, webinars, podcasts, digital magazine. There's lots of both business and clinical dietetic information on there. So yeah, looking for ways that you can 
learn. And as, as I said, there's lots of free opportunities out there. Yeah, absolutely. Really helpful. Thank you so much. Thanks very much, Libby. Look, look forward to catching up with you again soon. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at libbyrothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.